0: good day, listeners. And it's once again that time. It's Black History Moments with Bo. And this gorgeous Black History Month day, I hope finds you in complete content. And you know what I mean when I say content. I mean the rent's paid, the house is full of food, the house is full of warmth. And all you need now is a good conversation with a person whose mind is likewise to yours. And there's nothing greater as far as I'm concerned than being able to sit down and have a great conversation. One that you learn from and you also teach from. This is how we are awakened, my friends. This is how we stop being bamboozled. A lot of people are unaware that slavery was less than 160 years ago, which is no more than three generations ago. The transatlantic slave trade started in the 1400s and slavery legally ended in 1865 in the u.s that is over 400 years of social engineering brainwashing and terror that blacks have endured this dysfunctional behavior has been passed down from generation to generation And unfortunately, it's going to take more than 150 years to properly reverse this mindset. Blacks never received psychological therapy after they were legally free. They were just forced to get over it and move on. And of course, we all should know about the horrors of the Jim Crow era, And racism today. Blacks really never had a chance to reinvent themselves because they have always been under attack in America. I refuse to ignore or downplay my ancestors' experiences. Stop allowing others to tell you how to feel about your history especially since it plays a critical role in our condition as a people today, economically, socially, and mentally. These are the long-term effects of post-traumatic slave syndrome, my friends. And our minds are so colonized that we think vanilla is white. And to control people, you must first control what they think about themselves and how they regard their history and culture. And when your conqueror makes you ashamed of your culture and your history, he needs no prison walls and no chains to hold you. John Henry Clark said that, We rise by lifting others. And if we stand tall, it is because we stand on the shoulders of many ancestors. And Bo said that. And with that being said, let's slip into a little darkness. Nearly four years ago, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his executive cabinet granted pardons to the so-called Groveland Four, a group of black men accused of raping a white woman in 1949 in Lake County. Now, the evidence against the men had always been shaky. And in January 2019, DeSantis called the case a miscarriage of justice. And in my opinion, there have been thousands upon thousands of miscarriage of justice cases. But anyway, DeSantis says that he believed in the principles of the Constitution and in getting a fair shake and he didn't think there's any way that you could look at this case and see justice was carried out. But the pardon didn't fully clear the men's names. As State Attorney William Gladson, the local prosecutor, pointed out in the court documents, in general terms, a pardon involves forgiveness, not forgetfulness. In a motion filed October 25th, Gladson asked that the Groveland Four, Ernest Thomas, Samuel Shepard, Charles Greenlee, and Walter Irving, be formally exonerated. The evidence strongly suggests that the sheriff, the judge, and the prosecutor all but ensured guilty verdicts in this case, Gladson wrote. I have not witnessed a more complete breakdown of the criminal justice system, nor do I ever expect I will again. On Monday in the same courthouse where the men's trials were held seven decades ago, Administrative Judge Heidi Davis granted the motion, dismissing the indictments of Thomas and Shepherd and setting aside the conviction and sentences of Greenlee and Irving. This decision marks the end of a long road for the men's families who have pushed for years to have the four cleared of wrongdoing. Early one morning in July 1949, the accuser, 17-year-old Norma Patchett, said she was driving home from a dance with her husband when their car broke down. She claimed the four men initially stopped to help the couple, but then attacked her husband and took turns raping her. Now, Greenlee, Shepard, and Irving were quickly arrested, and Thomas fled to the panhandle where he was killed by an angry mob. And it was reported, now listen to this, that he was shot more than 400 times. The three surviving defendants were convicted at trial later that year. Greenlee, who was 16 at the time, was sentenced to life in prison. But Shepard and Irving, who received death sentences, appealed. The U.S. Supreme Court overturned their convictions and ordered a new trial. But while the men were being transported from prison back in Lake County in 1951, Sheriff Willis McCall, a notorious segregationist and reported white supremacist, shot the two men claiming they tried to escape. Irving, who survived the shooting, told investigators that wasn't true and that McCall had intentionally shot at him and Shepard, who died. According to Irving, McCall bragged on his radio moments after the shooting that he had got rid of them. Got rid of them. A badge of honor to a white supremacist. With Thomas and Shepard dead and Greenley serving a life sentence, Irving's case went to a second trial in 1952. He was convicted by an all-white jury and once again sentenced to death. Governor Thomas Leroy Collins, who raised doubts about the evidence against Irving, commuted Irving's sentence from death to life in prison. Both Greenlee and Irving eventually were paroled. Irving died in 1969 and Greenlee in 2012. Over the years, the guilt of the Groveland Four has been called into question. Arthur Gilbert King's 2012 book about the case, Devil in the Grove won the Pulitzer Prize for nonfiction and renewed public interest in clearing the men's names. Investigative reports from 1949 showed that the doctor who examined pageants hours after the alleged crime did not detect the presence of sperm and said he could not be certain she had been raped. Collins, the former governor, who commuted Irving's sentence, pointed out that the doctor was not presented as a witness at trial and questioned why police had not followed up on information that would have bolstered their case, such as fingerprinting the pageant's car or sending Irving's pants to the FBI for testing. The pants which were presented at trial and noted as having smears on the fabric, were forensically tested this past September. As part of a review by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, following the 2019 pardons, no semen was found. The motion for exoneration by Gladson, the state attorney, elaborated on other flaws in the case for instance the grandson of the late jesse hunter who prosecuted the original trials told investigators he found old letters indicating that hunter and the trial judge did not believe Paget had been raped the motion also suggests a sheriff's deputy who produced exhibits for the trial may have tampered with or outright created evidence. Although the Groveland Four have received an apology from the Florida legislature, a pardon from DeSantis and an exoneration from the Lake County judge, the accuser in the case has maintained that she was raped that morning in 1949. At a 2019 hearing for the state pardon, Pageant rejected the implications that she had falsified the story. I'm not a liar, she said, according to the Orlando Sentinel. And she pleaded with state officials not to pardon the men. I'm begging y'all not to give them pardon because they done it, she said. In recent court documents, however, Gladson called Thomas presumptively innocent because he was killed before he could be convicted. Shepard, too, was presumptively innocent, according to Gladson, because he was killed before he received a second trial. In regards to Greenlee and Irving, Gladson wrote that one could argue The 2019 pardon should be treated as a pardon based on the determination of innocence. Our judicial system, with good reason, favors finality, he wrote. There are times, however, when the past merges with the present and we are forced to confront our sins. This is one of those moments. My friends, we have thousands of cases such as this. Unfortunately, we do not have thousands of exonerations. We have ancestors who have died behind bars for crimes that they did not commit. But as Ida B. Wells once said, those who commit the murders write the reports. And the way to right the wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. My friends, that music tells me once again that I must leave you. But before I go, I will leave you with this thought. Slavery destroyed us. Religion divided us. Ignorance controls us. And the truth scares us. Until next time, it has been... My honor.